Thanks for listening to GYST. You're listening to Get Your Shit Together with Adina and Diane, a digestible health and fitness show for women. Real quick, the content of this podcast is intended for general information only and is not medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Chat with your healthcare provider before making changes. Okay? Okay, cool. I think they got it. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hello. Hello. What was your AIM screen name? Your AOL instant messenger screen name growing up? I have to know. I kind of feel like we did this already because I feel like I remember you laughing at it. Do you have deja vu? I am having deja vu. I could be wrong, but I Is that a glitch in the matrix? I feel like I remember telling you. But tell me again because I forget and some of the girlies don't know it. Okay, so this was a childhood nickname of mine. And it was Badina Bear. But visually, we did. yes, because we did talk about this. It got read as bad in a bear by many people. Bad in a bear. Yeah, I can't remember where we talked about it. Maybe someone knows who's just really focused into our archive. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I got to refresh my memory. Yeah. Bad and a bear. I was nugget hooker because I really liked McDonald's chicken nuggets. Did you remember that? I did remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm like, which episode did we talk about this on? We can ask Did you have any other screen names? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of the journey of your Instagram name because it was Empower Lift Eats Mm -hmm. or Empowered. One of those. No, Empowered When you were like a food blogger? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a powerlifter and a food blogger. Isn't that a cute name? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should explain. So I was Nugget Hooker on AOL Instant Messenger, but on Instagram, I used to be Di T, like Diane yes. Teal. But how many Diddy. times? <laughs> yeah, someone I used to work for on, on her podcast, her co-host was like, I think it's Diddy or Detea. People, all, that's the one I hear the most is Detea. Like they put this other emphasis but it wasn't so straightforward or self-explanatory. So now I'm Diane Teal, my maiden name. Yes, I would love to be Adina Rubin. Without the underscore? But <laughs> that goddamn underscore. I am drinking chocolate milk, if you were wondering, on YouTube. You know, I think I heard the straw on mm-hmm. your one of our recent episodes. And actually, where's my my vessel here? Someone responded to the reel that we just put up about unclenching your beehole. And I had taken a sip in that little clippy I put on Instagram. And she was like, to be honest, I'm clenching my butthole seeing you drink from that Stanley without a straw. There's a lid. Yeah, that's insane. But I can't have that clanging around. Mm -hmm. Mine's doing a lot of clanging. (laughs) That's all right. We got to stay hydrated and the YouTube girlies can see. Well, I was asking about screen names because whenever someone leaves a review in Apple Podcasts, it's either their name or more often it is just like a random username with a bunch of numbers. And sometimes people will say, oh, that was me. Like they'll respond in our DMs and say, that was me. I don't know where that username came from. Maybe they created it decades ago when we used mm-hmm. to like buy music for our iPods. Yeah, it was probably like when they were 12 and they got their first iPod. Well, <laughs> I was 12 when I got my first iPod. You didn't have a Zune? I always, I was always team iPod or Apple. I've been in Apple, Team Apple, Apple Land. Mm-hmm. Well, this review that we got an Apple Podcasts, five stars. Thank you so much from Juice Seven Two Four Two. So, identify yourself in the DMs if you like, so we can thank you directly. <laughs> Juice Seven Two Four Two said things we changed our mind about. 
the episodes of the episodes, the episodes of things we changed our mind about were so validating of my personal health journey and also freeing. People often share on socials what they're all about, but when someone changes their mind, they rarely get candid about it. Much respect and appreciation to you too for having this conversation with this emoji. Little I love heart that hands. Emoji. We needed that one. Sending um, you one of those too. Yeah, where learn it all is not know it alls, right? Yeah, I love that feedback. We it's definitely it's always burnt Werner number it's <laughs> vulnerable to admit that you've changed your mind about something especially when you're such an impassioned person like diane or myself where we'll be like really aggressive when we're we like, were always right for something so <laughs> there it you is know, maybe next month we'll be vegan yeah Just kidding. maybe we'll never be ever ever well never. speaking of what are you consuming over there um, besides for this chocolate milk that I'm sipping on right now, should I clang it in the mic a little more? Mm-hmm. Um, Slurp it ASMR style. Yeah. So, okay. You know, I make it to sourdough stuff and usually I just make a big batch of cinnamon, cinnamon bun dough. Dude, I am really tired right now. I like cannot <laughs> I can string tell. together a sentence. Where are your carbs? <laughs> Oof. Uh, okay, so usually for the weekend, I make a big batch of cinnamon bun dough. And I use half of it for Shabbat, and I usually make cinnamon buns. And then I'll make something else with the other half of the dough, so usually like regalach or something like that. And I had it left over. Also, a couple of people were asking for the cinnamon bun dough recipe. I usually use the yeah. recipe from Farmhouse on Boone. She is great. Her sourdough recipes are great. I just, I think her recipe calls for water and coconut oil, and I turn that into milk and butter. Okay. Much tastier. (laughs) If you can do it. If you can swing it. Yeah, and I add a little bit of vanilla extract as well. Hold up. You said, we're going to put it in the show notes, but I'm putting it in my notes to put in the show notes. You said farmhouse on Boone? Yes. B-O-O-N-E, I believe. Um. So I like her cinnamon bun dough recipe, but again, swap out coconut oil for the butter for the coconut oil and milk for the water and add a little bit of vanilla. And that's been doing great for me. So anyways, I was going to make, I was trying to decide if I was going to make chocolate reglach or cinnamon buns with the leftover dough. And I asked Minnie and she was like, chocolate buns. (laughs) So we did that and they were delicious send me a picture i mean they're all gone now in my bellies but i basically just took that dough rolled it out really really thin that's the key you got to roll it out really thin if you want like a very like flaky pastry with a lot of chocolate not so doughy you know not so bready and the chocolate filling i just did butter sugar cocoa powder little vanilla a little salt that's baking (laughs) list off ingredients those are That's the how things that go into buns. <laughs> That's how you bake. So welcome to we our baking buns. podcast. <laughs> Delish. Well, I don't have any foodstuffs to speak of. I've just been consuming the media. So I haven't had a TV or film thing in a while, but I've started Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is an Adina show. No. Kind of some action in the mob genre here but i had started it years ago i think there's like seven seasons so i'm late to the party don't give me any spoilies 
But I thought of it because we want to go see Oppenheimer with Killian Murphy and that Donnie man. saw it, by the way, without me. Um, um, well, back to me. His jawline, though. <laughs> that man's jawline. I know he's a bat. He's a he's a villain. He's a mobster. But that the story, the uh, music in the show, great. I guess I did really like Sons of Anarchy, so it makes sense that I like this period drama. Mm-hmm. So I'm just starting season two. So Peaky Blinders with Killian Murphy and his jawline. <laughs> with him and his jawline. Mm. Did you um, start 100 Foot Wave yet? No, but that might be something we watch today if I can convince Neil of something other than the alien, the UFO hearings. Has Donnie followed any of that on Twitter or Probably, but maybe he knows not to talk to me about it. But um, actually, Neil said, "What does Adina think make of all the aliens?" And I was like, <laughs> out of nowhere, he goes, "What does Adina think of the aliens?" I was like, "I will ask her." So, you know what? I'll get thing. back to him. I'll get back to you, Neil. Um, Beam me should, up. He would enjoy a hundred for wave also because it's just like there's so much chaos that ensues. <laughs> Oh, well, we like that. <laughs> it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing out there pursuing a hundred foot wave. <laughs> I wonder if Donnie would like the book that I'm reading because I know he also liked um Otessa Moshfeg. She's the one that did my year of rest and relaxation and the theme of her books, definitely of that one, is like an unhinged, kind of unlikable female main character. So I'm reading Yellow Face by RF Kuang, and the premise of this book is two gal pals hanging out. One of them kind of resents the other one because she's a very successful author and the main character not so much well they're hanging out you find this out very early it's you know what happens the the successful author she chokes on a pancake and dies oh no on a pancake and oh no the surviving friend finds a manuscript of hers and decides to take it on as her own and publish it as her own work oh wow and so i think it's going to be a train wreck that you can't look away from for the rest of the book i'm a few chapters in now but so far so good because this author does um have a fantasy series i started and didn't really like but this is just some unhinged female main character some racism stuff in there microaggressions against the asian community hence the the title we'll see where it goes nice sounds delightful yeah or stressy we'll see remains to be seen all right yeah shall we shall we jump right in i think we shall (laughs) so we want to do this episode as we head into fall and back to school back to school back to school i mean when this airs maybe wait sorry speaking of which yeah (laughs) i have to do a media one um didn't watch this yet because it didn't come out yet but you know how i feel about adam sandler and he has a new movie coming out on Netflix starring himself and his daughter. And it is called You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. <laughs> and I can't wait. It's going to be so dumb. I'm so excited. So is it really his daughter? And is, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. is it kind of like how Louis C.K. had like his show? But I don't know. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I'm glad that you <laughs> that you added that in there. I thought you were going to tell me about um, Billy Madison no, or I, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Billy I Madison. I talked about both of those already a couple of weeks ago, did I not? Yeah, you did. You're still on your Adam Sandler kick. Always. <laughs> Solidly. <and forever>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we want to do this episode heading into the back to school season. And we're reflecting back to our time as Lil Tots 
in school <laughs> growing up. And I was thinking of like my gym class and health class experiences, like in middle school, high school, terrible. So bad. All around. Um, almost failed gym class. I may have shared here. I was somehow put into advanced PE my senior year of high school. It was the only time slot that worked because I was editor of the newspaper and everyone else in gym class, like double varsity athletes, like multiple sports. And then there was me. We had to run a mile every class. It was terrible. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like someone asked me recently, well, what made it advanced? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the expectations? Because at the very end, I remember his name was Mr. Logan, my teacher. And he's like, Teal, did you ever think that you'd pass gym class? And I said, no. And he said, me either. And it was a time. It was a time. We didn't like do sport in gym class, I don't think. I don't. What did you do, if not sport? We played like kickball, I think. Dodgeball? Like, yeah, I love when we like, do dodgeball. Yeah, it wasn't like run and like, I, I don't know. We had to do, we had tests about the rules of different sports. What? Yeah, in advanced PE, because you know I was advanced or... So advanced. Yeah. I don't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> and then the Maybe horrible we, twist... I think we ran a mile one time. Like it was like, Ugh. at some point in the year, you have to run a mile. Ours was every class, however frequently that was. But the same gym teacher I had was also our sex ed teacher. Mm -hmm. And that was an experience. Um, that was also a class clown, a little bit in there. Surprise, surprise. Did you have sex ed like as a class regularly on the schedule? On the schedule? It wasn't year round. I remember it was very brief and yeah. it was mostly I think to back to mean girls, like have sex, get pregnant, you know, catch some S T D, S T I and you'll die. You will get chlamydia and die. You will get chlamydia and die. That yeah. was the gist of it. Yeah. You don't have any notable sex ed gym class stories. I think i blocked it all out like i just remember like joking Not around in sex class in sex ed class and like laughing but like i don't remember it happening in high school maybe i just wasn't there that day i didn't go to high school a lot but in middle school she's I remember, bad girl oh so bad <laughs> <laughs> were you in a uh, gang yes speaking of which have we talked about those seventh heaven recaps no i did not watch that one so did i ever send you those no. Did I send you? I sent you the Baron C. Bears one, right? It's possible. Okay. There's this comedian. I didn't on, remember a lot, clearly, from the start of this episode. There is this comedian on Instagram who does these recaps of Seventh Heaven episodes. Like, he rewatches Seventh Heaven now and just, like, recaps them about how ridiculous they are. Diane, do you want us to Something? take a little break so you can <laughs> blow your nose? <laughs> Something was running and I was going to let it run into this tissue. But yeah, we have this visual element. So those of you who watch, you get to see it all. You are lucky enough to see Diane blow her nose on the podcast. Um, anyways, he's hilarious, this guy. And he does these recaps of 7th Heaven episodes. And there's one about a gang. I need to send it to you. It's so funny. I can't believe this was an episode of television. <laughs> 90s television, man. I did watch Legally Blonde this past week, and I forgot Great. just how fun it is. It's Those so good. Early 2000s rom-coms, they're so good. I could go line for line on that movie, I think. <laughs> um, so good. Anyways, yeah, no memories of high school sex ed. It's not surprising, though, honestly, because yeah. some people just didn't even have it. Of course. Yeah. 
I have a vague memory of like learning about periods in middle school, but also just remember like sitting in the back of the class with my friends and just like laughing. Did you have that book? I forget the name of it. Someone's going to respond to RTMs, I'm sure, and remind me. And it's like of the three girls in towels. It's an illustration. And it's like learning about your body. I got that early in the middle school, but it was like a gift from my mom. No, my mom no. never did that. No. <laughs> well, all this to say that so many of us did not have much of a sex ed health class talking to about the (laughs) birds and the bees and the periods and where tampons go and all of that that i remember i remember that one (laughs) but beyond sex ed fertility period health and lack of education around it so many of us also did not learn about how to care and keep our bodies healthy through nutrition how to build a plate fitness what that's supposed to look like. It's not just running, contrary to what little Diane thought. So we're going to talk about in this episode what we were told, what we believed growing up, some common scenarios and symptoms around health and fitness that you might be experiencing or have in the past. And we're going to talk about things that we wish we knew. So some body literacy stuff. Basically, this is like GYST health class in a nutshell. This is like if Diane and Adina could design the curriculum for middle school and high school like what you would actually learn about your body (laughs) yes yeah can we also add to that list like how to do people balance checkbooks anymore or at least how to do your taxes should be added to that what business did we have (laughs) yeah i was seeing those like why can we learn that um why did we learn how to play the recorder yeah (laughs) really really helping me out this parallelogram season (laughs) public school education a joke so i I went to (laughs) private school and it was still (laughs) I did two for a couple years, Catholic school for a minute. Um, But yeah, we have basically the GYST health and gym class curriculum for you. And we'll have a surprise for you at the end. So don't miss it if you like this class, this episode. Mm -hmm. Back to school. (laughs) So let's start with food stuff. No, I would not make out with you. Oh, Adam Sandler. This po- this podcast episode is sponsored by <laughs> Adam, Sandler Adam Sandler podcast. And his Thanks gym for shorts. listening. <laughs> so let's talk first about how to balance your plate or just how to feed yourself and nutrition. So growing up, and maybe even the lot, and I say growing up, I mean, from being a kiddo, a small tot, to like five to 10 years ago, what did we believe? And what were some common stories we we're told about nutrition? So do intermittent fasting. That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, don't do that. Wait, do you did you have nutrition class in school? No. Nope. So did yeah, this you, was You learned about the pyramid though? We did. Where was that? Probably in health class and it was yeah. brief. Just brief. like the brief education that our doctors get about nutrition. Yeah, it was like eat grains, seven of them. <laughs> All those whole grains, you got to get those. Yeah. You're a bird. And also the like unconscious nutrition education that you just get from all the diet culture bullshit that you hear from your family and people at school and magazines <laughs> like eat less basically which yeah. this drives me bananas grinds my gears is this current trend on tiktok i've also seen it on instagram it's girl dinner this is my meal it's girl dinner some of you might know what we're talking about but basically what they'll do is say that and then it'll be like a snack maybe might be like some cheese a sprinkling of charcut like of cured meats 
But basically the underlying theme here is not nearly enough food to constitute a dinner for a girl or a woman. Not nearly enough food for a growing girl. Hate it. Hate, hate, hate. Um, I also think that something many people believe if they followed any women's health magazine is maybe I need to be more plant-based. That has just had its time and I'm ready for it to go. Bye-bye. It feels like it's getting stronger. (laughs) Depending on which coast you live on, like (laughs) our West Coast friends can let us know. And every time I go to LA, I just don't like the energy there, to be honest. But just like going around, it seems like every menu is so plant-focused. I'm like, but where's the protein? I feel very Ron Swan. Yeah, it it does feel like it's getting stronger, which Mm -hmm. reminds me, I just saw a funny meme. I've been getting served a lot of like parenting memes content lately. (laughs) They're like, you have a couple of these. Yeah. And it was like, uh, learn from my mistakes. I bought my toddler a mini trampoline to tire him out and it just made him stronger. (laughs) (laughs) He can jump so high now. (laughs) And his limp is flowing. I love it. (laughs) Well, if not plant-based, it seems like so many women, whether they're clients that we've worked with or friends, I've haven't personally gone through this, this pipeline, this diet pipeline, but I've seen so many people who get into healthy eating. So they go from plant-based to paleo, to keto, to celery juice, to (laughs) carnivore, to now the current trend is metabolic health diets, but so many people will fall into the trap of making some or all of those religion or yeah. just another diet, which we don't like either. Yeah. We we mm-hmm. talked about this a lot on which episode was it? Is it was it diet culture? Yeah, probably. Diet is it diet culture? Are you being a little beach? Yeah, that one. And then I think we did one episode after that also where we had a similar conversation around how like Anything can become diet culture-y and not actually serving your best health. A sign is when someone says, I've been following X diet. Or I am X. I am. I am. I am. Vegan. (laughs) I am paleo. I am (laughs) pro-metabolic. Yes. And so we don't like the labels, um, but that's just something to watch out for. And I know that we've done other episodes. I think episodes one and two, mistakes you're making with food. Uh, had to go with that clickbait right out the gate, right? <laughs> but the point is, in that episode, those two episodes, we covered a lot of mainstream health and nutrition advice. So quick run through, because this is this could turn into a long one, is vegetable oils are heart healthy. They're not. Eggs and butter are bad. They're not. You need all the whole grains. You don't. Tons of fiber. Limit meat because it's so bad for your heart health. So, like the mainstream health advice out there, it's chaotic. It's oftentimes wrong and makes sense that it gets so many of us into this mess of chronic disease or just overall confusion. And this is not to say that we don't want to think about nutrition, but we need to think about it in a different way. And here we're always talking about coming back to basics and really uncomplicating it free of labels, food is a key foundation. If we're looking through the lens of nutritional therapy, that's like the foundation on which digestion, blood sugar balance, your metabolic health, hormone health are based on. And I, the approach that I like to take with clients is teaching them templates for how to nourish themselves. I got a question recently and someone was like, "Um, do you do meal plans inside your programs or give like recipe plans? And I can give res- I like to give resources, can share those, but I 
don't like to do meal plans because I think when we seek those, we're just following it through, but not really learning the why or how to take that information and apply it outside of that meal plan. When you're going out to eat, when you're tummy hurty, when your period's <laughs> not working well. And so in an upcoming workshop I'm hosting, we'll be talking about how to build nourishing meals and snacks, how to audit your plate based on how you're feeling after those meals. So learning that information really helps you actually take care of your health instead of think of food as like good, bad, and like a prescriptive diet or a meal plan. Could you imagine if they taught that in school? We'd all be feeling a lot better, is what I imagine. Wow. How the world yeah. would change, huh? It's wild. And I love hearing from clients who go through Root Cause Reset or we work together one-on-one and we hone in on here's how we build that plate so that you feel energized, your gut's not bubbly like an hour later. Here are some tweaks that you can make. And they feel more empowered. Like I just got a message from one of my pregnant clients and she's like, I feel prepared. Like I know what to do. And I'm just so glad I went into this season of life knowing these things and what I need to adjust based on how I'm feeling. It just sets you up for more energy, better cycles, less anxiety throughout the day. And we're always going to approach food under nutritional therapy in terms of how do you feel good instead of how do we use this, hack this plate so that I'm smaller. That's not dumb. the vibe over here. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> That's dumb. If you listen to the last episode. It's my new That's catchphrase. <laughs> Can we just like make that a sound bite too that you just like pepper in? Like crazy hour in the douche. I just like push a button. <laughs> just goes, that's, that's dumb. Dumb. And it like echoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we can't talk about the sex ed and health class we deserve without talking about periods and fertility. Man, if this was the whole thing, huh? <laughs> if you have sex, you will get chlamydia and die. <laughs> chlamydia, okay? L. Yeah. That's the funniest part also. He has no idea board. how to spell chlamydia. <laughs> Is that why he was the gym teacher? Yeah, that's good. Uh, ours had um, high-waisted sweatpants that he would like pull up real high and then he would tuck his t-shirt into it and then like tie the drawstring maybe to make it look more profesh. I don't know. <laughs> that was the look. Which actually, what? I feel like I tuck stuff into my high-waisted sweatpants now. It's all come from, that's what you learned from, that's what you learned from sex ed. Yeah. Fashion. Yeah. Um, Well, growing up and even, I think I've shared this on past episodes too, into college, I believe that you could get pregnant at any time of the month. Any time. Why not? And also I think back to- You have to to take a pill every day of the month. So that's obviously how it works. That's, yeah, I had a birth control deficiency that I had to fill for years and years. I mean, I make jokes, but we'll come back to the pill if you're taking it. I'm not trying to drag you, but man, the things I wish I knew. Um, I also grew up thinking tampons are very scary and where do they go? I feel like every woman I know has either had this experience or they know someone who put it where it, it didn't go or it was just like the first time they ever used one was so scary because no one's telling them how to deal with a period what are you supposed you're to do you're just so sweaty like trying to figure this out you know <laughs> you're like poking around <laughs> yeah i know someone who put that in her butt yeah i've heard stories of the butt <laughs> and if you've had to like remove a tampon that has not 
been used long been and- moistened. <laughs> yes, there it is. You know the dis. Ugh. It's an experience that I don't wish for you. There are other ways. So I mean, if not that, I remember in middle school. Oh, it wasn't middle school, like eighth, ninth grade, using pads and like the shame. I felt like periods. It was new to me. Felt dirty and shameful. Like, oh my gosh, I have to wear this like diaper. And then I have to go change it. And I don't want the girl in the stall next to me to hear me unwrap this. And then like, like the LOL, it's like the loudest rustling you could ever. <laughs> so I would try it slowly, like opening a bag of chips, like in a quiet room, like, yeah, so silly. And then I would, um, Wait, my parents were really heavy. One quick thing about that. Please. Don and I were just talking about when we used to go on these long drives upstate in the summers. And Minnie was little and she'd be in the car seat and she was rear facing for a long time. Like she would be facing back and we would always think she was sleeping and we would open up our snacks and like she heard everything and then would be like, what are you guys eating up there? Or like Donnie would open the kombucha and you'd hear like that. And she goes, kombucha, kombucha. Yeah. I saw that clip on your story. Yeah. Anyways, there's no way to quietly open those things. No, there's not. Uh, then it progressed to I'd wear the sweater around my waist. Did you do that? Did I? Earlier in your period experience? I really got down with tampons pretty quickly. Mm. So, so like, you, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Never had the leakage though? Like, No, I, I actually, I think my period was pretty light when I was younger. Lucky. Mine was not at first, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So things were told, like when you first get your I was cycle, crampy. I was crampy as anything. But yeah, I think it was pretty light. Wella. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of scenarios where you're like, am I going to get up and have to go into hall time and like leave something on this chair? So I had mm-hmm. like heavy flow cramps. But the first couple of years you get your cycle, it could be kind of irregular or it's trying to figure out its flow. But so many women, young girls are instead shuttled onto birth control. So what we're told mm-hmm. is, well, you got to take the pill. Yeah, duh. To regulate, to regulate your period. I was told you have to take like 10 Advils a day. Just take five preemptively when you think your period's coming. This is still something that our clients are told very often if they have bad cramps. Yeah, pop that preemptively and then take it like every few hours. And then there's the big warning on the back that says, you know, liver damage may occur. And that's just for period cramps. Like if you're also getting headaches or um, PMS headaches too, and you're taking a lot of that, I have concerns. So women are often told, young girls are often told, you need to get right on the pill to regulate your period. We've done episodes about the birth control pill, I think a three-part series, and how it does not actually regulate your period at all. It just suppresses those hormones, which can be great if you don't want to catch a baby. But oh man, I wish I learned more about the pill. Yeah, same. Wait, I want to hang out on um, what you were talking about earlier about like all the shame and such around it. Like, can we just pause for a second? Scented tampons. For why, though? For why? The chemicals. Like, why are we doing that to young girls? Right, because we didn't really get organic tampons, by the way, until I feel like the last few years. So we spray those. You know what's those. my favorite thing, by the way? Okay, so if this is your first time hearing this, like, tampons are horribly toxic, the conventional ones. Like, don't put that up your hoo-ha. Go find something cotton organic. But, 
the fun my favorite thing is like the big players like tampax like all these companies you'll go into like <laughs> like a cvs or whatever drugstore you have local to you and on the shelf it's like the tampon the tampax like super toxic scented you know to the nines and then right next to it is the same company makes like a non-toxic one like if we are acknowledging <laughs> Then How why toxic does... these are? No, why I prefer are we the toxic them? one. Yeah. I, I think need toxic. Tinted. Thanks for giving me the option. <laughs> I know there are a lot of places now. Even Honeypot, <laughs> Honeypot that make organic uh, panty liners, pads, and they do have one that I bought. It was accidentally spicy. It's peppermint, and I know there are women in my DMs who are like, "Well, I like that postpartum, the tingly, the surprise the tingly. tingles." Um, I don't love having essential oils down there, and some people are sensitive to those. So if you are, then avoid them, or you might find out that you are. I don't like <laughs> lavender down there either. Um, yeah, essential oils, that's another rabbit hole. But um, something I do wish that I learned based on some stories I'm hearing from friends is how to use a menstrual cup and to remove it, more importantly. I... I think I watched a YouTube video and I read like how to use it because I had a lot of feelings about trying a cup, but mm-hmm. I've had several friends who are like, I had to call my husband into the shower to help pry this thing out. Or one said that she asked a friend, a very close friend, I guess, to remove it. And girls, if you're thinking about it, you got to pinch the bottom. <laughs> Otherwise, that thing is staying up there. Got to break the suction. Yeah. Save yourself a trip to, I don't know, urgent care or to your roommate's room. Um, yeah. Now I just get down with period undies. I don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them. Some of them. Anyway, so what should we do instead? What to do instead? We're big fans of learning how your body works. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I think we might have cha- talked about this on things we changed our mind about was the pill. Did we? Oh, we probably should have. Probably <laughs> I feel like we've should've. done enough period uh, pill episodes. That, like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's like this amazing so just i've seen too many clients who are dealing with the fallout of being on hormonal birth control and suppressing the natural cycle for years some of them decade multiple decades Mm -hmm. that i don't think that i can confidently say like yeah that's great and an empowering solution when i've seen how it damages women's body their fertility and their health afterwards and depletes them so big fans over here of learning how your body works of firing a doctor who is only going to shuttle you onto the pill. We've done other hormone literacy episodes, but yeah, don't love it. And if you're not sure if you have a hormone imbalance, maybe you're like, well, I think my cycle's okay. Some things to look out for, brain fog, low libido, spotting, especially if it's spotting like mid-cycle to the end, the little surprise prelude to a period, uh, sleep, if your sleep sucks, mood swings, Yeah, especially those last few days of your cycle. Like, yeah, I oh my God, that was... Me, high school, college, just like could not sleep the last mm-hmm. few days of my luteal phase and had never made the connection, like did yeah. not make the connection. I used to think I was, I couldn't sleep because I was anxious that I was like going to get my period in the middle of the night. That was like what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that pre-period insomnia, a lot of people don't put that together. Um, yeah. Headaches as well, um, might not connect it unless you're tracking it and then you're like, wait, before my dot drops, this was me years ago before I worked on my gut, blood sugar, my liver health. My doctor was just like, some women just get that every month, and we don't know why. This is what doctors are. That's dumb. (laughs) So dumb. Yeah, uh, constipation, uh, but also period poops. So, I mean, 
as prostaglandins are doing their thing, helping you move that uterine lining for your period, you might notice a difference in BMs. But if you're like having the rhea, Mm -hmm. that's something to think about. Acne, hair loss, and ouchy boobs are other hormone imbalance signs that you might want to look out for. Yeah. Did you say cramps? Oh, and cramps. I didn't because I think people are like, oh, well, yeah, cramps, bad cramps. That's an obvious sign, right? But And there might be some discomfort, but if you are like, I've talked to several clients who recently who are like, day one, I just cannot, I can't deal with them, then that is not normal. Yeah, I wanted to mention it because I just feel like we're thinking about the person listening to this who like maybe has is very new to our world and like hasn't really given much thought to these things. And yeah, I think the narrative is just so prevailing that like you're going to be exhausted you're that's going to have cramps. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I think there's this weird thing that's happening now on the internet where like people are becoming more cycle aware and people are being more consciously cycle syncing. Yeah. And like respecting their ebbs and flows, which is great. But I think we're like the pendulum swinging too far the other way now where we're like, I need to shut down my business for my period and I need to just lie During on the couch. Week. Yeah. Like it, you yes, there's a natural shift in energy levels, but it's not like hang it up for five days and like no be crampy on the couch, you know, and sobbing and watch. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, if you have to have a heating pad, tens unit, all the ibuprofen, you feel like you want to call out of work when your dot drops. That is a sign that we want to work on your cycle, and it's not a sign to just slap a band-aid on it with hormonal mm. birth control or with those over-the-counter solutions. Yes, I know those are tools for some people, but it's a signal from your body, right? Because here we believe that your cycle and how it goes, how your period feels is a reflection of your overall health. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when we say learn about your body, it's not like, all right, which seeds do I take? And how do I make this chaotic workout schedule um, to hack my period? Yeah. No, don't do that. Well, do we want to jump ahead to the fitness bit? Because I feel like if we're talking about cycle syncing and workouts, there's just so much that I wish I learned and so many things that (laughs) trial and error that I did before coming to something I feel works really well. Yeah, I mean, fitness in school is just... What's that? Yeah. (laughs) What did you say? Dodgeball? Kickball. You did some dodgeball, some kickball. Running. I don't, I don't remember what else. Like, what did we do? I just remember, like, changing into my sweatpants and hanging out with my friends. Like, I don't think there was much activity. Um, did you ever have to swim? Did your school have a no, pool? We did not have a pool. We did not go swimming, no. Worst. I played a lot of sports in high school. But even even the sports. Wait, you did? What did you play? So I I went to like a small all-girls school and I was athletic. So like the athletic girls just like played all the sports. So I played volleyball. I played softball, played basketball. And I played floor hockey, which is just like a only Jewish sport. (laughs) It's like indoor roller hockey without the roller blades. (laughs) So you're like running around with sticks? Yep, that's exactly right. Amazing. (laughs) It was a blast. I loved it. But... There was no, like, even practice and, like, quote-unquote training never involved weightlifting. It's just, like, run and 
practice the sport, you know. Mm-hmm. And Especially again, not just, for the gals. Yeah. The overall just air around fitnessing as a ute was just skinny, you know. Yeah, skinny you just want to be skinny. Hell. You're supposed to, like, just hate your body and be skinny. And I just, like, it really upsets me because I think about how amazing it would be if we were just teaching the youths how to be strong and athletic and how to celebrate their bodies and like to want to be strong, I think is like the bigger thing. You yeah. Know? And I've watched how you speak to and around many about health and what it means to be healthy. And that is what I want to see more of because unfortunately so many of us, I know this was in a story you shared earlier in an episode and so many of my clients have said like, well, growing up, my mom, I might've heard her talk about weight. And so that made me cognizant of it or, oh, we would weigh ourselves before and after vacation or just feeling like, oh, my value is in my weight. So I'm going to run to be skinny. I'm going to do that elliptical machine for an hour to be skinny at the expense sometimes of losing your period, losing your sleep at night because we're hardly eating enough and our body's running on stress hormones, feeling anxious and awful in other ways. But too often people are still putting like skinny and weight loss, fat loss up here yeah, above all those other things. That's not what we want. Yeah. And, and we are seeing this nice shift on the internet too, where there are a lot of people talking about strength and getting strong. But again, it's not enough. And also, I do think we've talked about this before, like being careful of the influencers that you get your content from. Because I do think there are some people that are saying with their words, like, be strong. Mm -hmm. But they're still sending this underlying message of like fat loss is the most important thing. And I will only talk about it once I feel really good in my body. And once I feel really cut and lean and strong. And it's just, yeah, it's like saying the thing but how is it actually making you feel about yourself when you consume their content (laughs) yes exactly yeah skinny does not equal health and lifting is not just for the boys so i remember growing up and when i was in advanced pe we didn't touch the weight room or go into the weight room and i remember thinking that is for the wrestlers the footballers and just the guys because i don't want to get bulky and didn't think that it was for me And there were definitely times too, I know we talked about this on past episodes where I thought I need restorative movement because I have been stressed. So what is restorative movement in my mind at the time? Yoga and walking, yoga and walking. And we've done, didn't we do a restorative strength training episode? Yes, we did. Recently. Um, Yeah, it was something along the lines of, is yoga as restorative as you think? I think was the title of the episode, maybe? Yeah, probably. I'll find it. (laughs) Yeah, but today's a great example. I have had sheet garbage sleep the last few weeks, as you have heard on this podcast. But um, this week in particular, Ori has some teeth coming in. And it's the saddest thing. Like, he's just so whimpery and sad all night. And if I go into the room, like, it's over. He just needs to be, like, crying and holding on to me. And it's so sad. Um Last night, I spent like an hour and a half on the couch because (laughs) I was just like, I didn't want to go in there. I just like slept out here for a little bit. And that was better. He stayed sleeping. He wasn't looking for me. It was good. Anyways, um, I've been feeling really run down and exhausted and grateful to have the sunshine here because that helps me a lot too. 
but I really wanted to get some movement in and I wasn't doing my program, my training as programmed. But today, last night I got a little more sleep and today I opened up my training app. I opened up the program that all my club athletes are doing and this was the workout I was supposed to do today, but I pared it down and I modified it and I turned it into something really restorative. So the workout was squats and Turkish get-ups. Those were the main strength lifts. And I dropped down one bell size for my squats. I dropped down four reps for my squats, but still hinging my hips, getting my feet to touch the floor, put force into the ground, getting those bells in the rack position, sitting deep into a squat, using my breath, getting my core and pelvic floor on board, and then going through a nice loaded Turkish getup, getting into and out of all these different positions with load over my head. I felt so much better after that workout. It wasn't about pushing the load. It wasn't about trying to move as fast as I can. It wasn't about trying to explode as fast as I can. It wasn't about like, oh, I'll go up a bell size in my Turkish getup and then be creaky in my neck and shoulders for the next day because I pushed it too hard and I wasn't prepared for that load. It was about taking a load that was a little bit challenging but comfortable and moving through space, getting my body into different positions, getting my hips to extend a little bit because I've been sitting on the couch because I've been tired and just how much better I feel when I get nice deep breaths into my rib cage, down into my pelvic floor with load overhead, with load in the rack position, getting deep into my hips, putting force into the floor through every one of my toes. Like it's amazing how much better I feel in my body after a session like that. And like how many people are missing out on the magic that is getting your body under load, strength training, progressing those loads and adjusting those loads to what you need at that given time god i, I feel want like i was there yeah i just wanted you guys to really feel like it in your it. body if you've never yeah, felt it in your body Sp- my toes spreading <laughs> spread the toes they like push up <laughs> through my feet yeah great great i love that for you that's restorative so modifying based on on what you got and how you're feeling and It really goes contrary to the advice that we hear from doctors who, let us remind you, are not fitness professionals who are like, no, they're not restorative exercise. Just run and lose weight. That's like basically what they say. Have you seen the reel that's circulating and you waited a year for your doctor's appointment and they're like, if you're stressed, don't be that. And if you're fat, that's dumb. (laughs) And then they charge you for it. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) I know y'all have heard me say this on the show before, but I don't trust anyone without muscles. <laughs> I don't trust doctors without muscles. I yes. know. Maybe like if I needed a brain surgeon, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. you have spent all your time just... Big brain. Perfecting brain surgery. I, You didn't have extra time for muscles. <laughs> that's yeah, fine. You, you're working this one. You can operate on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good to know that about you. Yeah. So don't just run. Don't just waste your time on the elliptical. Um, I think you have an upcoming workshop for people who want to get a taste of the fitness. Is that correct? Oh, I do. Later. I do. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to teach you all about how to get strong in your pajamas from the comfort of your own home with whatever time you have available in a way that supports your hormones and your metabolic health and your pelvic health, learn how to breathe, which 
We'll get into that one, but I mean, how many of us didn't know that we had a pelvic floor that we needed to worry about it before having babies? Like that's the big one right there. You just don't even learn that you have a pelvic floor until it hurty. Yeah, like I have spoken to so many women who literally did not understand what a pelvic floor was until or, they like had a baby and had a prolapse. Or if women are aware of it, they just think pelvic floor, okay, Kegels. That's mm-hmm. what I got to do. Yep. Just just hold in your pee. Act like you're holding in your pee. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's not what you got to do for pelvic floor health. So yeah, so many things we didn't learn in gym class. But how cool yeah. would it be if girls learned how to be strong and the Ugh. importance of building muscle for, the coolest. for your health? He's the coolest. Like, uh, <laughs> is it Dr. Steve Brule? Who that? Who has Sweetberry Wine? Steve Brule. It's um, what is the actor's name? Oh my god, John C. Riley, and he's got like this crazy hair, <laughs> and he's got crazy glasses, and he's like, "For your health, <laughs> it's for your health." H e l t h health. Brule's rules. Healthy. Yeah, I thought maybe you know that's good. Anyway, that's that's the uh, fitness and our our suggestion for a revamped gym class. Yeah. And I never thought about this until I started working with you, but I never realized that didn't learn how to breathe correctly during training or maybe at all, like especially when I'm stressed. I'm like, I think I've been holding my breath. What's that all about? (laughs) How you breathe. Yeah, that's like, LOL, that we thought like, we didn't know you needed to learn how to breathe. My body just do it. (laughs) We <laughs> do it. Um, yeah, it's just like shocking. The more I do this, how far our breathing patterns have gotten from where they were supposed to be in nature. <laughs> like, it's It can be really frustrating. I know a lot of the reaction I have from women who come into SCHH is like the first few weeks when I'm describing the breath pattern. They're just like, it not working. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> My ribs challenging. It not doing. (laughs) I think it took a live class when I was doing SDHH plus coaching for you to say, Diane, like, let's see, moving into your ribs. Cause I like, I'm doing it. Yeah. You feel like you're doing it. But that's the thing is like, we breathe so many times every single day. So if we have been doing this like backwards dysfunctional breathing pattern for like 20 years, 20,000 times a day, those reps add up and it takes time to break down those patterns. So that's like my main piece of advice that I always give people coming into SDHH is just like have patience with yourself because this takes time. And like I can't help but think about what a tool this would have been for me with like anxiety in high school and college or my postpartum pelvic floor stuff and like even the constipation I dealt with in high school, college. Yeah, there was a huge nutrition piece, which we'll talk about that in a second. We talk about digestion. Mm -hmm. But also, if you've heard us talk about the pelvic floor, the role in digestion there and the role in constipation, which we've definitely done episodes about that. So you can go back and look at some of our pelvic floor episodes. But man, like what my postpartum experiences would have been had I learned that I had a pelvic floor <laughs> and how what it do and how to breathe, I think like, man, that would have changed some stuff. But like, 
it's just, it's taken me years of doing this stuff to correct my patterns. Like I used to really exhale with my back muscles and it's taken me so long to get out of that pattern. Mm-hmm. And we've talked on pelvic floor episodes about this a lot too, but something that was a huge issue for me to kind of correct those things is I used to just hold on way too tight. Like I think it was years of sucking in my stomach as when I was younger and so self-conscious about that. And correcting those patterns took forever. Like so many women suck in. I would love to tell every young girl in school, like, I don't have to teach you how to breathe, but just stop sucking in. (laughs) Like that will make a huge difference. Um, And yeah, I've heard from clients, like I've had clients who have been in SDHH, they did self-paced or plus coaching and they've been in the membership for like two years and like two weeks ago on a call said to me like I finally it finally clicked like I finally figured out how to move my ribs with my inhales it's just like it's crazy it takes a long time to undo patterns or just yeah and also way of thinking about things when you were talking about breath and anxiety and how amazing that tool would be it made me think of tapping and EFT as something I didn't have on the outline, but I know it's something that is starting to show up in schools, in prisons, like tapping is for everyone, but tapping or emotional freedom technique is one of my favorite stress release modalities where you're literally, you're tapping on yourself, but being able to move while you're doing, if you're, if you're someone who feels anxious and doesn't like to just sit down, something like that could have been so powerful for me when I was feeling so anxious and wound up in high school through college where it felt debilitating at times, where PMS felt awful or like pre-test anxiety. I know so many girls experience that. Um, just having more tools at our fingertips that we were just never taught for emotional coping. It's powerful. At your fingertips. At your fingertips. <laughs> so tapping. Yeah, I've actually been doing this more with one-on-one clients. So for some of you who don't know, I actually was talking to one of my clients. She's like, I didn't know that you do this. Hasn't been in my feed as much, but it's going to be in an upcoming workshop. I've been doing one-on-one tapping sessions with my one-on-one clients, especially those who they're doing all the things right in their routine. They, they're doing the workouts. They have a great foundation of nutrition and they have targeted supplements, but still not feeling well, something's still missing. The stress has been really heightened, whether that's personal, their caregiving, they have a lot on their plate at home. The world is stressful and something like tapping or some other way to help you emotionally release and build resilience to stress is so powerful. Um, one of them was telling me we hadn't seen each other in a while. And she was like, I've been doing tapping since the last time we met. And she said it really helps center herself. And so I'm so glad that, again, you can have something at your fingertips. So we'll be working that into my upcoming workshop if you haven't tried it before. I want to test yeah, it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say on the whole like breath pelvic floor f- front is just like, yes, we did not learn any of this growing up. And it seems like it's kind of seeping its way into the interspheres now. Like I'm seeing a lot more people talking about pelvic health, which we love, like so thankful to see more people bringing awareness to pelvic floor health. But I then also remember like, okay, I live in a bubble because I follow a lot of pelvic health experts who are, you know, mentors or I met through different continuing educations, things like that. And then I'll see like, a random reel or a TikTok of a mom peeing in her pants and then all the comments are just like people 
sharing that experience and me shouting like, oh, no, like, oh, no, so many people still going through this. And also the thing, too, there is like there's a lot of people doing this, but a lot of people missing the mark on what doing what training. What did you say? You said there are a lot of people doing this. What are they doing? A lot of people spreading more information about pelvic health, but just like missing the mark on what training with your pelvic floor in mind should look like. In order so it sounds to- like they don't have training to be giving individualized advice about pelvic floor health? No, not necessarily. Even some pelvic PTs who like went to school for this, you know, mm. but like the thing I want you all to take away from this is that life does not happen on a mat. So if the pelvic PT that you're seeing is just doing manual exams and manual therapy and then giving you mat exercises, that's not going to make you stop peeing in your pants when you're sprinting after your toddler or when you're jumping on a trampoline with your kid or it's not going to help your constipation if it's related to your strength training. Like, it needs to be integrated and you need to be able to get athletic, athletic, and jump and sprint and catch yourself falling off a curb and all that stuff. So like your training needs to incorporate your pelvic floor responding to impact of life. So it's like, there's a couple of phases to this. Like, yeah, it'd be really cool if we learned about our pelvic floors growing up. It'd be really cool if we like understood how they worked. And it'd be really cool if we learned how to train in a way that supports and incorporates them to meet the demands of our very challenging day-to-day life, you know? That would be cool. It'd be really cool. <laughs> we have so an anyways. episode on pelvic floor health. That was like a mini pelvic floor health episode. Yeah. We're like, we're going to be quick. No, I know. Not. I can't. We I'm always so ranting about the, the pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't know, now you know you got a pelvic floor and... You don't just need to be doing Kegels. In fact, that could make some things worse for some of y'all. So, And your pelvic floor includes your butt. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So this is your sign. Unclench your unclench. beehole. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about digestion. So this is a pillar, a foundation of health that is so often overlooked in the conventional space for sure. But even in the holistic one where maybe people are like, okay, got it, got it. I want to, it's trending to think about my metabolism and I'm happy and that does have a that and digestion are so intertwined, but sometimes people are running to what's trending and they're skipping over things that are really important, like digestion that affects so many systems in our body. So to back it up, what I believed as someone who grew up with an angry tummy, a bubbly, rumbly tummy, tummy, I used to think, maybe you do too, that lactose intolerance is a life sentence. Oh, well, I just can't have that. I can't have, have to have lactate milk or the lactate, lactate version of the ice cream or, or take my milk. lactate pills. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you're like, oh, I uh, I just have to have oat milk. And maybe you like that, but that's like, that can work for you for now. But do we really love it? But do you? <laughs> do we? Um, I also thought I just had to keep ouchy foods out. But this breaks my heart. The dozens of times I've spoken to clients and they're like, I watched the feel good foods or the foods that I could tolerate get smaller and smaller and smaller. 
And it's not because they're trying to lose weight to be smaller, but they feel like if they were to have foods outside of that, something's going to happen. And then they stay there indefinitely. And that is never something I want for women experience. I want you to have a wide variety of foods that you digest and absorb. Another thing that I grew up leaving was just take antibiotics willy nilly. Like growing up, I would get strep throat, get ear infections. And even in college and in my first job, I worked for plastic surgeons. And I remember thinking that I had a sinus infection, but I wasn't sure. So I asked one of the doctors, like, can I get a Z-Pack? And that was one of the first times someone was like, you really don't want to be just adding those in just kind of preemptively or if you're not sure that you need them. Because I thought they were just innocuous, just like the birth control pill. Like, yeah, just wipe wipe out those suckers. I, I need antibiotics, right? Wipe them out. And that's part of health history of so many of my clients is taking antibiotics. It's like knowing there's a serial killer in your town, wiping everyone out just to be sure. Sometimes they do have a place, but they are just so overprescribed. Something else I believed was when I struggled with heartburn, acid reflux, that life, I have too much stomach acid. I just, it's just so acidic in there. So I need something to keep that in check. And I took Prilosec forever. And that is also part of so many of my clients' stories. And then um, if I had issues with constipation, it was, well, I'll just take natural calm. I'll take natural calm. I maybe even recommended it earlier on before I really realized that there are other ways to deal with constipation and that it's not the greatest form of magnesium. Don't love it. But Mm-mm. those are just some things are top of mind. But some things that you may have been told around gut health is, oh, that you don't Wait, have- can I just, I want to pause there for one second because I feel like this will resonate with a lot of Yeah, people. here I was, I was trying to like run through. You're like, this is going to be an hour long episode. Yeah, I mean. Never. It's all right. Tell me what you're going um, I think a lot of people need to hear this. If you are constipated, taking a stimulant to give yourself diarrhea doesn't make you unconstipated. Yeah, <laughs> be think it of coffee like, or... I was just going to say, so many people who think they're treating their constipation by like chugging coffee and then having diarrhea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or some that are like, I just need to take my, um, my other stimulant, like Adderall or something to make me poop. Yeah. No, that's not, not solving a it. a solution. Not a root cause solution. No, ma'am. Other things that we were told, and oh, I've heard this so many times, like I want to just like shake the practitioners that say this or say this to my clients is IBS is a big mystery. Like we just, we just don't know. It's just we so just irritable in there. Know. It's irritable. We don't know why. Have we tried? Also, we've done episodes on all of these. So go yeah. back and listen to our, our heart episode, our mm-hmm. IBS episode, or I don't need gut health and other lives, which I like to point people to if they're like, well, my gut is Gucci. I don't have any problems there. But um, some some gut symptoms or signs of dysfunction, I should say, that fly under the radar is have you taken medications, whether that's over-the-counter prescriptions that you do need for long-term, um, taking those long-term, have you taken antibiotics? So these are things that I always ask in intakes with folks because if you've taken them a few times or it's been part of your routine for a long time, that's a lot on your gut and on your body in general. Maybe you have itchy skin, eczema, rashes, hives. Sometimes we think, oh, acne and recurring acne, that may be a sign of gut need for gut support, but people might not realize that those other um, situations can also be have root causes in the gut. 
Other things to think about too, if you're on the pill for a long time, your gut needs help. If you are under eating and chronically dieting, or even if you have seasonal allergies, some people are aware of this connection too, but if you have a lot of allergies beyond food stuff, like environmental things, that's also a sign the gut needs help. We did an episode about that too. We sure did. So some other things that we were told, you need more fiber. We just did an episode about this. So yeah, we'll link those in the show notes for you if you are new or want to explore those. But man, I really wish that I knew early on not to take a lot of these things as just a band-aid or not to accept that, oh, well, I'm just going to be dairy, have to be dairy free forever. I've changed it. I've walked my clients through changing that. And I always get so excited when I get a text like, I now have moved on to milk. I've progressed on to milk without any sort of consequence or I should say event happening after I have that other than that was good more please (laughs) that's what we want for you I would have had a lot less baggies of fiber one cereal (laughs) that I toted around and your chalky calcium supplements aka Tums Mm, disgusting Mm mm-hmm Oh, yes. So I think it's often overlooked and people might just jump to trying to take supplements for their hormones. But man, if you're blocked up, if you're constipated, what's happening to those hormones? They are just being recirculated, which we don't like. So I always have clients have some focus on digestion and their gut health, even if they might not think that they have gut issues. So we'll be talking about that in my workshop, of course. Do you see, I just had to take off my sweater because... She gets worked up talking about gut health, and she's still wearing those earmuff headphones. Yeah, you're going to have to send me a link for those headphones. They are so good. There's a cooling gel in here, and they're just... I could wear them for hours, Diane. Do it, then. Hours But how cute is this thrifted sweater? Like, it's so soft. It looks so But I was trying to wear (laughs) GYST colors today. It was this, or I had a thrifted little, like vintage dress that says hot tomato on it it's just tomatoes because it's tomato season here oh love it i've been doing tomato cheddar that is something i've been eating tomato cheddar on sourdough toast diane with this is like your some staple mm-hmm. you talk about it until every my mouth summer, hurts. until your mouth hurts <laughs> it really is and i've gotten some clients onto it too and they're like oh it's so good yeah delish it is yes Oh my goodness, look at us. We're like a little over an hour. Um, so that's those are some things we wish we learned. But um, if you're having fun here, we have something else for you. As we get into the fall semester, let's all start fall energized, strong with easy peasy BMs and periods. Easy Both of those, please. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. If you're liking GS- GYST, we know that you're going to love our upcoming week long, yes, week-long workshops. Um, We never do this, but we want to go into fall feeling good as we should. As we should. As we should. So Adina and I have been working on things behind the scenes. This is like mid-August when we are recording this, but by the time this airs, I think we'll have a sign-up or something. So you know the drill. Like if you went to undergrad, like you got to sign up for your classes, choose your classes. Registration. Registration's opening up. (laughs) Registration. That's right. And what we're bringing you are the health and can, we, can I call your workshop like the gym class that we deserved growing up? <laughs> it's not exactly how I'm marketing it, but sure. <laughs> not gym class, but for the sake of this episode and back to school. Back to school. 
you gotta sign up for, for class. classes. We are putting together these week-long workshops for you, and it is the edutainment that we crave and the health and fitness education that we all deserve growing up. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. You're going to get on live with us three times. Three times. Well, me, it'll be two because my assistant coach, Veronica, is going to take you through a fun workout for one of the other days because I want you to get a chance to meet her and get coached up by her too. But it is going to be all kinds of fun. It's going to be everything you wish you learned about how to move and nourish that beautiful body of yours. Yes, we love to hear it. And I'm doing a three-part workshop on trading rude PMS, slow metabolism for abundant energy, easier digestion, and periods, of course. So there will be a community element and live calls and fun bonuses. So it's a great way to get into community and to meet together live. So be there or be square. Mine is starting on September 7th. We'll put all the details for you in the show notes. So save the dates. And if the the sign up is there. You can go ahead and snag your spot. I'm so excited for this. We're going to talk about food, building a nourishing plate. We're going to talk about how to tap out the feels so you can release physical constipation and emotional constipation this fall. Give you that tool at your fingertips. Surprise you haven't used that yes. more often. It's very cute. I know. Well, sometimes I don't always have a visual element. I'm so glad we have video now. Yeah, lovely. So you can see me with Stanley. Yes. And in my workshop, we are going to be learning how to gain energy and get strong in your pajamas from the comfort of your own home with whatever time you have available. So you are going to learn how to breathe. You're going to learn that you have a pelvic floor and what it do and how to be aware of it in your training in a way that is supportive of the whole dang system. We are going to learn how to get strong holistically in a way that supports your cycle health, not like dumb Instagram swipe graphics for cycle syncing. Like we're talking actually understanding how to listen to your body and how to gain an energy and get strong throughout your cycle. We're going to learn all of the major movement patterns that you need and you're going to get coached up on how to do them well. We will be on with you live. There will be community. There will be celebration of our beautiful bodies and we're going to learn how to do the whole thing. We're going to learn how to squat, push, pull, hinge, carry, understand our breath, learn how to breathe properly, understand our pelvic floor, and just get... I think you said that. You must be sleepy. I'm really tired, but we're going to get really friggin' strong. Even if you're sleep deprived, you can be really friggin' strong. I was like, wait, I think she said something about pelvic floor. And you're like, a pelvic floor. Well, learn how to unclench your beat hole. Yeah. To sum up. TLDR, <laughs> learn how to clench. Un- oh, learn how to unclench it. I think we know how to clench them all very well. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll put details in the show notes. We, we have these week-long experiences for you. We're so excited. I don't know that we're doing this again because holidays are going to be coming up. Lots of stuff happening this fall. So sign up for both of these workshops through our show notes. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about it and teasing some things for what's to come in our Instagrams. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I just want to say is if you can't make the live calls, like between the two workshops, it's going to be six live calls, which we know is a lot, but it's going to be so much fun. Don't be scared if you can't make the live calls. Like we're recording everything. Don't be square. Yeah. Be there or be weak and sick. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there will be replays. 
we know everyone's on different time zones, right? Yeah. So we would love for you to be there live, but we understand. So all the details in the show notes. In the meantime, unclench and wipe your chopstick off. <laughs> Drink your water. And, uh, and go to bed, Adina. Oh my god, I'm going to bed. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the GYST podcast. As always, your ratings and reviews mean the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, take a second, take a little screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, and tag us so we can thank you properly for sharing this show with other women that it might help. See you next week. We love you. Bye.